Hello and welcome to the Ray Show Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Ray, and uh, it is so good to be back with you all out there in podcast land. We took a extra week off due to some unforeseen circumstances, but now we're back and uh, we'll be coming at you with some really cool episodes. Uh, today, we have the mighty guillotine AD on the podcast um, a local Athens metal juggernaut, if there ever was one. So uh, that chat is coming up soon with all three members. So um, we're just so fortunate to have them come and sit down and uh, hang with us and talk about their new records. So that'll be coming up soon. Um, Want to thank everyone for all the great uh, feedback from the Pecos interview. Uh, he's a really cool dude, really cool guy, and I'm so glad that, that he came and played here in town. And if you get a chance to see him on these clutch dates, make sure to uh, do that. We also have the live dates coming up soon. I know I say that every fucking episode, but it is eventually going to be announced, and you'll be able to get tickets and all that good stuff. It will be free, but we have to um, keep keep track of everybody coming into Cine. So not like we're going to keep track of you. We're just going to keep a number. So a number of you. So um, no, no information will be collected and used in a nefarious way. But uh, you'll be seeing more of that coming up very soon. And uh, all of our information can be found at www.ratiopodcast.com. So make sure to go over there. We got our good friend Brian Poole maintains that for us and does such a such an excellent job. So hello to Brian over in Berlin. But now let's get to our chat with the mighty guillotine AD. All right, everybody. We are here on a muggy, hot, 96-degree Sunday evening with the mighty guillotine AD. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go around and introduce everybody. Um, start up. I am Adam Miller. I am the bassist and vocalist of Guillotine AD. I am Lance Miller. I am the guitarist and backing vocals of Guillotine AD and Adam's brother. This is Evan Posey. I'm the drummer. And not Adam and Lance's brother. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're coming to you from beautiful uh, downtown Athens, Georgia. Um, uh, real fun day here and... and we're, we're talking to this metal Levi- Leviathan here in town. I've been friends with these cats for a while. And they have a new album coming out called Born to Fall. Um, and let's talk. Let's start talking about how this kind of started, how these songs. Did this album come together during the pandemic or did you have this ready to go? So we actually started working on these songs in 2018. Uh, we actually premiered the first, this first song we wrote after the first album was Hammer which is track seven of this album. We we debuted that song October of 2018, playing with Cloak here in Athens. And five days later, um, so I, I live in South Georgia. They live in Athens. I live like four hours south of here. Five days after we played that song, Hurricane Michael came and destroyed my hometown. And so for months, I wasn't able to play music. I was cleaning up, you know, uh, hurricane damage. So that delayed um, the writing. We, we continued to work. We continued to work, and um, we had kids, and, uh, you know, just li- life kind of slowed us down a bit. 
But then, uh, so probably like mid-2019, we had the bulk of this album ready to go with the intentions of releasing it probably summer 2020, and uh, which would have been a good probably two and a half years after the first album. And then, of course, you know, COVID uh, waylaid those plans. And um, so then we spent 2020 kind of just like polishing the songs up, uh, wrapping up the last couple of songs. 2021, the plan was to record, um, shop demos out to labels, and then if you know if nothing happened, we would just self-release at the end of 2021. And then we heard from M Theory Audio uh, out of Las Vegas, run by Marco Barbieri, uh, formerly head of uh, Century Media and Nuclear Blast. And um, so then that you know getting getting things production promotion set up with the label pushed it back a bit. So now here we are, June 2022 with our second album five years after the first one. I want to talk about the um, um, the album art here in a little bit, but first of all, the lyrics. The lyrics are very direct, and they are open to, to interpretation. They're very strong. They're very fierce. But I feel like there's almost a spiritual vibe to, uh, to some of these songs, you know, or all of them. Who writes the lyrics, and, and could you talk a little bit about that? So yeah, um, I I wrote ninety percent of the lyrics probably for the whole album. Uh, there were some contributions from Lance on a couple of tracks, but uh, thematically uh, it was all kind of my conception. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like some of that directness you're talking about it, it was really just uh, you know having just the life experiences we went through, just growing up. I mean, we, we're we're full blown adults now. You know, we uh, we have responsibilities and families and mortgages. And, um, you know, just the emotional um, intensity that you kind of experience. I try to channel some of that on some of these songs, uh, particularly like Vultures of Paradise, um, Exile. And, you know, leaving it open to interpretation was like a... I, I didn't want to tell you what to think about it. I, I'm just right. kind of presenting these things as a, as a question. You know, like something... Things you struggle with in life, what do you make of it? You know, it's... Um, I, I want to make people think, you know, um, uh, and you know, you, you mentioned like the spiritual aspect and the different, not every song is told from the same narrator's point of view. So, you know, th take the, the song Black Sabbath, you know, Ozzy did not walk through the woods and see this right. black mass. You know, he, he, he's, he's a character, a, a character is narrating that song and that's, the, you know, all these songs are like that. It's, it's a character that uh, is, you know, telling these lyrics uh, for example, "Born to Fall" is the, the title track. Is you know, it's a man wrestling with the concept of original sin. You know, you're born damned, uh, damned at birth, um, and that's you know, none of this is necessarily reflecting our personal beliefs, but it's just it's the art we're presenting. Absolutely, and it's it's it, I think it's very strong. I think it's 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 badass, and people need to be shaken up a little bit. Uh, and speaking of that, you know, I want to get into how you guys get started, but I. Let's let's talk about the uh, the the um, the artwork for the album. Okay. So um, uh, let's talk about it. who who did the artwork for the album. Uh, Eloran Cantor from well, he's actually an Israeli living in Germany now, living in Berlin, and you know I had seen his artwork, not knowing who had painted it or who he was, you know, on various albums, and um, there was actually a lot, some weird connections that existed before I figured out who he was. Uh, I think it was sometime in 2018, I saw the new artwork for Bloodbaths, um, The Arrow of Satan is Drawn. And it was just such a, 
gut punch of a of a piece of art so different yeah and, and you know i had just had, I had a four-month-old baby at home and it's the you know it's the crib with flies around it and it's, it's such a it's a beautiful scene except for these flies surrounding the crib and it's just like oh you know it's a, hor- a horrible you know for me at the time uh just a, a gut-wrenching heartbreaking image and to be able to uh, evoke feelings like that with a piece of art you know the dude is he's just he's a master he, he is a, a a master of art a master of painting and um so, you know, I started doing research into who he was, and I realized that we had one of his uh, art, one of his art pieces on our uh, rehearsal room wall, uh, Atheist Jupiter. We had the poster from that vinyl up, because it's just a badass painting, like two lions fighting inside of a planet. And so that, that was cool. We had always had that on our wall, and that album was recorded at Lead Belly Sound Studio with Matt Washburn in Dawsonville, where we recorded both of our albums. So it was just a, it was a weird connection um, before I, we even knew who he was. But what, what's really interesting about that is, you know, we we sent him the the lyrics, some of the the themes we were trying to to convey, uh, you know, sent him the demos, and you know, I was explaining to him I wanted this grand apocalyptic scene like a a Peter Paul Rubens Last Judgment, but a death metal version, you know, something evil and dark and huge and apocalyptic, and then he comes back with this intimate close-up of a woman stepping on a man's face you know with her dress dangling in it and it's just it captured some of that like the anxiety and tension that i was trying to you know convey in some of the lyrics and yeah uh, yeah no it's great i love it i I love that i've showed it like five different people and they all have like five different interpretations yeah yes it's it's great you know, everybody i've showed it to that's been here in the house they've been like that's fucking amazing but they've all had a different you know spin on it um Let's get back, and we're going to, Evan, we're not going to leave you out the whole time, I know. Um, but um, let's talk to uh, Adam and Lance. So, Lance, you're older, um, and how did you guys get into music? I mean, let alone metal. Well, starting off, our parents listened to like hard rock, so like Van Halen, ZZ Top, Black Sabbath, things like that. So we grew up on all that stuff. Yeah, Ted Nugent, things like that, you know, 70s hard rock, and um, I loved all that stuff. And then when I was 10, my uncle, my dad's brother, gave me Metallica and Justice for All on CD for my birthday, um, and that opened my eyes to a whole new ball game of music. You know, I was hooked on that shit, and uh, we got really into Metallica, and then we discovered Pantera, who was a new obsession of ours, and uh, around the time I got into middle school, Adam and I were both into the same stuff, but um, new metal became really popular, and we didn't have internet, you know, like now you can, you know, Spotify, stream anything in the world, you know, but whatever was on MTV or in the radio back then was all we knew about, you know, so corn and bands like that, that was like hugely popular, and I was like the right age and demographic, age, yeah. so I was really into that shit, so like, uh, and then uh, when I was in ninth grade, 2001, I had a friend with an older brother, he was like, I think he was 21 or 22, so he took us to metal show or to sh- concerts, and we were going to see Mushroom Head in Tallahassee. And the opening bands for them were Avenged Sevenfold and Shadows Fall, two unknown bands. Like, who the hell was that? And um, Avenged Sevenfold back then, by the way, were like way different. They they had like guttural vocals, and you know it was kind of death metalish, you know. And then Shadows Fall just fucking blew me away. I was like, holy shit! And then like, just Brian's hair alone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I remember there was a moment, they, I think uh, Thoughts Without Words, they played that song. It was actually on MTV2, but it, the album, um, that album wasn't out yet. 
um, the Art of Balance, but it was coming out like maybe months after that or whatever. But they were already that song was already out as a single, and uh, I remember when that song played, the whole room just everyone was banging their head, moshing, and all in unison. I was like, holy shit! And as a fourteen year old, that like really grabbed me. And they they still to this day are one of my favorite bands, you know. And we both became obsessed with Shadows Fall, and that opened my eyes to you know true metal so we, we delved even deeper after that and you know discovered death metal black metal things like that but i really uh would say shadows fall was our gateway into true metal right on right on so yeah i mean you, like you said we were already into we we're already into metallica pantera heavier music but it was it was really shadows fall that like turned us into metalheads you know it 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 made us explore heavier darker stuff it opened our minds to how you know how awesome brutal music can be but it's funny when he came home from that show and he, he I don't think he bought uh, the Shadows Fall CD then, but when he when the Art of Balance came out a few months later, he brought it home and you know, I remember telling him, "You're gonna go to hell for listening to that. That's that's satanic. They're singing about the <laughs> devil." So I, I was scared of it. I didn't want anything to do with it. But then you know, sure enough, a couple weeks later, I was I was jamming to it too. And uh, so yeah, it's a funny sweet, funny sweet, story. The sweet sounds of Satan. <laughs> and actually, a funny story about that is. Um, relates to Marco Barbieri who runs our label now so uh, they were on Century Media and uh, when you got the CD they had a thing you could mail in and they'd send you like a Century Media catalog with all the bands and there was bands like Rotting Christ and all these bands on there and I got the compilation CD and my parents in Southwest Georgia weren't too crazy about that when they saw the the band names and the the you know the logos and stuff in that uh, catalog it was pretty funny but you know uh, pretty shocking to when you go from Van Halen to Rotting Christ. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. It's in your blood, though. I think you know. I mean, you were you were meant to get into that. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, the thing, you know, how do you how do you guys start playing music? Do you just who started? Who got the instruments first? So uh, probably when Lance was ten, he got a cheap little J.C. Penney guitar for Christmas. And then I think maybe the next year I got a cheap little drum set. It didn't take. I, I'm not a drummer. Um, I think those ended up in in a landfill somewhere. But then when I was 12, I got a bass. You know, he plays guitar. We can't have two guitarists in the band, so I got a bass. We could, you know, have more of a band. I think that was my idea. He would get a bass. Actually, I was like, I play guitar. You play bass. <laughs> and uh, you know, here I am, 20 years later, 21 years later, still playing the fucking bass. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started. Yeah, yeah, and you did you you, you started sing you did you sing like early on or no that's actually another interesting story. So our our original incarnation of guillotine was in two thousand three, and we had a couple of our friends. One had drums. We had another guitar player. So we ended up having two guitars, and I said we couldn't do that. But um, we were, we played a couple of shows. We had a demo recorded, and then Lance went off to college, and that kind of ended the original version of the band. And then 2015, Lance and I, you know, decided to get back to it after 10 years of dormancy and, um, you know, trying to find band members, the Craigslist ads and Facebook, you know, you, you meet some strange characters and stuff. So the, the night before, <laughs> it worked out with Evan. Evan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's our kind of weird. There we go. Um, so the night before our first show, which was August 20th, 2016, at uh, Sweetwater Barn Grill in Duluth, uh, our singer called and quit the band the night before the first show. But we had worked so hard to get the songs ready, to write the music, to get on the show. You know, it's a nobody band booking your first show. I mean, we were like begging to play anywhere. 
So I stayed up till 3 a.m. the night before our first show learning how to, you know, mechanically p- play and sing at the same time because I'd never been able to do that. You know, it's, it's like chewing bubble gum it's and so walking. so difficult at the, at the beginning. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's like so awkward. It's, a new, it's like a new muscle in your brain. You have to, like, break it in, you know. And uh, so, yeah, since August 20th, 2016, I've been bassist and vocalist. Right on, man. And so when does uh, Evan come into the scene? Let's get Evan over here on the... On Where did I come from? How did 20, uh, how did you guys hook up? 2016, I guess, on Craigslist. Uh, what was it? Uh, I was in a band called Wicked King that was looking for a bass player, and it came across Adam's post that he had a uh, band, sludge, sludgy blackened death metal, something like that, that needed a drummer. So we kind of scratched each other's backs for a while, Adam was bassist in Wicked King, and I played drums in Guillotine. And, yeah, Wicked King is no more, but Guillotine AD is running Fuck rampant. Yeah, and yes. um, now, how did you get into metal? How did I get into metal? Uh, funny, because Lance is sitting here talking about Metallica and Justice for All. That's the exact album that was my breakthrough album, too. I had uh, a buddy who we were starting to learn guitar together, and I played drums, too, at the time. I was no good, probably about 15, and uh, his stepdad was a real country guy, but he had a badass speaker system in his car, and he turned on Blackened, the opening track to Injustice for All, and it was blaring, and just, that was it. Oh, man. It was beautiful. It's still beautiful. It still might be my favorite song ever, although I don't like choosing favorites. Right, right. I See, Master was my thing because I'm just a little older, just chronologically. That was the one that, that when I was like 12 came out. But that was the greatest year for metal when like Brain and Blood came out. Right. And our P-Cells came out. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but now now you play you play in other bands. You you, you play in uh, Rapid Channel. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Rapid Channel. I started, well, I've been writing songs the entire time I've ever played music. So all these songs that I had for years started playing them on guitar with rapid channel been doing some stuff here and there yeah and yeah it's a fun little project <laughs> right on. and it, it's it's a little different from what you're doing with with guillotine with, yeah, AD. yeah guillotine ad is the the tuning is nice and low yeah nice nice big ball tuning <laughs> and uh so rapid channel is mostly like standard or what i call slayer tuning and uh so it's just different yeah yeah, yeah. it's different stuff well um now, what's the plan with this record? You know, uh, we're getting out of this. Hopefully, we're getting better news every day, and hopefully we're moving out of this pandemic. What is the plans? I know you guys have real lives, so what's what's the plans with this record? So we have a lot of promotional pieces um, falling into place over the next few weeks. Uh, so the album's coming out June 24th, uh, Friday, June 24th. Go ahead and pre-save it on your Apple Music, add it to your Spotify playlist, all that shit. Get ready because it's coming. Um, so we have we have some tour dates planned throughout the summer. Um, we're playing. So well, so June twenty third, the day before the album release, we're having a beer release party and CD listening party at Academy Brewing Company here in Athens. Um, we're not playing that night, but we're gonna put the album on and just drink some beer and have a party. And uh, we hope everybody can come out. Free event. Um, and we have a signature beer, the uh, Born to Fall Cold IPA. Uh, cold fermented dry hopped IPA. I think it's six point five percent. Nice. So, uh, born to fall on your face if you drink too many of them. IPA. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that to have a beer? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I, 
I mean, I've seen bands do that, and I always thought it was like the coolest fucking thing to to actually do that. And uh, so we, we're excited that they uh they collaborated with us on that. So we uh, we're doing that June twenty third, and because we're not that smart, we're gonna drive to Lexington, Kentucky, early the next morning after having a a beer fueled rager, um to to play at, at Al's Bar with Storm Toker and the Human Tragedy and Age of Panic uh, in Lexington. That's gonna be fun, and then coming down to Spartanburg the next night in South Carolina. And the following weekend, we're having our official album release show here in Athens at Flickr Bar with our brothers in metal and beast mode and uh, some new friends we made in Florida, Corrupted Saint, badass death thrash band. They they will melt your fucking face. Hell yeah. Great man. band. Um, and then later on in the summer, we're, uh, we're going to hit Tennessee, hitting New Orleans, uh, Long Beach, Mississippi, um, and then uh, Savannah, Georgia, somewhere in there. And uh, really cool, we're playing a fucking crowbar at the Forty Watt Club oh, here yeah. in Athens. And th- that's a that's a bucket list venue for us being you know being an Athens band. I mean, Forty Watt is the most prestigious, Absolutely. legendary place. You know. Oh, happy August twenty third, crowbar in Athens, Georgia. Who else is on that bill? Uh, Spirit of Drift. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, fucking okay. awesome band. So yeah, that's gonna be a cool show. We we are fucking dead tickled to be playing that show. Yeah, and like, what does that mean to you to have somebody like Kirk, you know, to play with, who's such a, you know, a cornerstone of that New Orleans scene? What's it like to to be able to to fucking play a show with with him? So I mean, we we've been pretty open, you know, that the New Orleans sludgy Southern, you know, humid, hot, you know, creepy down-tuned, chunky-ass metal that comes out of there. Um, we know we, we kind of wanted to make a, a Georgia version of that. You know, it's always been a huge influence on us. And like you said, you know, Kurt Weinstein being a, a cornerstone of that uh, entire subgenre, I mean, that's it's huge for us. I mean, right now Evan's wearing a down hat. Hell yeah. Um, like, I mean, down, down is a huge influence on our music. Crowbar is. And, uh, you know, my, my wife, you know, she listens to me carry on about band stuff you know she she tolerates it she's supportive but more tolerant right right and uh, um but you know i was explaining to her we're playing with crowbar and she doesn't know crowbar from fucking you know k-pop yeah and uh so i put it on and she's like oh this is a great fit for you so you know even to a, a non-metal head they they could they could, she could hear the similarity between um you know the influence of crowbar on us so we're we're, we're really excited yeah we've had we've had kirk on the podcast and we've had phil from down on the podcast so yeah, oh, yeah. y'all and I think both of them would like fucking love you guys. And I mean, is there any anything you want to get across? Any mission statement that you have with what you're trying to do with this this fucking art, this badass outsider art? So, you know, the one thing about Elleran's artwork that made me want to work with him for our album was, you know, just that I would look at his pieces and it would make me feel something. It would make me think. It would challenge me. And and that's what we want to do with the music, with the lyrics. I mean, we want it, you know, we're blending all these different styles, but we feel like we've put them together in a way that sounds like us. You know, it's not like, okay, here's a black metal riff, here's a death metal riff, here's a doom riff. You know, some of those, some of the riffs are all those in one, and it, but they're all guillotine AD. And, yeah. you know, with the lyrics, like you said, open to, open to your interpretation. Like, it, I'm saying something, but I'm not telling you what you need to think or what I think. Um, and the same, and the artwork, same way is perfect with the music. It's is to challenge you. Like what, what, when when you listen to this album and read these lyrics and look at that, what do you what do you get from it? Right, right. 
And and one thing I want to bring up, a friend of all of ours, Zach Hembry, guests on the record. And, you know, he's, you know, just a legend, man, and has played Music Hates You and, and Hembry and the Sa Satan Sisters. I mean, the list goes on, man. And what was that like to uh, have him on the record? Well, Zach is a really good friend. Um, you know, I, I live so far away that we haven't had a lot of, like, in-person hang time, but we, we, we we're in contact pretty regularly and... Uh, uh, you know, it, it, just for him to be willing to be on the album was a huge honor, and um, he did a killer, killer fucking performance. And you know, if you if you're familiar with his his band, uh, Hembry and the Satan Sisters, which is just great, th there's a lot of depth in that band that I don't think a lot of people even notice. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. it, it, it's it's catchy. I, I I coined the term hate pop. Yeah, <laughs> I told. I told him when they were, but before they were going to release that, I was like, this is special, man. There's some, there's, this is just, these songs are fucking killer, man. You got to really push this, you know? Yeah, it's very in your face and offensive, but it's also a bit tongue in cheek. It's not 100% serious. And I think, yeah, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot to digest there. And so when we got him to sing on, the, the song's called War First. And it's kind of a, I read, I read a book, I think it was called uh, Germany and the Next War. It was written in maybe 1910. And it was influential on the German generals going into World War One, and it, it was a ludicrous book, basically praising war as like mankind's highest endeavor, highest achievement that the, the best of man is on display in times of war. And um, so, it, you know, like I said, ridiculous idea, but made for a fucking killer album, uh, you know, song lyrics, and right. uh, and, and Hambry just killed it. I mean, his his vocal delivery on that is nothing like I've heard on on his on his. Uh, previous releases right and it's kind of a duet like uh like porter wagner and dolly parton it's right. it's, it's beautiful exactly. very touching well let's go back i want to get make sure we okay the record release party that's on the 23rd the day before right. the actual release yeah then you're gonna have the gig in lexington um so let's see here what where can everybody get in touch what's the best way to interact with guillotine so you can hit up our socials, uh, facebook.com slash guillotine.ad1. Apparently there was another guillotine AD that doesn't link to anything. It's kind of weird I couldn't get guillotine AD. Um, Instagram is at guillotine AD. No, uh, no underscore in there. Just guillotine AD. Uh, and we're actually, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to launch uh, our website, www.guillotinead.com. And there'll be a contact form on there. You can, you know, ask us any question, uh, send us hate mail, um, <laughs> album reviews, tip picks, whatever you got. We'll take it. Right on. Also, try Craigslist. Correction. It is an underscore on the Instagram. Ah, okay. <laughs> Guillotine underscore AD. I was quizzing you, so if you're paying attention. Right, right. Good job. Right, right, right. Well, guys, it's such a fucking honor to have y'all here, and I think this record's special. I've I've been you know telling you guys for weeks now. Everybody, go out and get this record, and um, just I think it's a modern fucking classic, man. I think it, it's a direction well, on where metal can go, man. And uh, we need lions like y'all that that can bring bring all the ships up, man. So uh, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Man. Well, thank you for having us, man. It's been yeah. a blast. I want to thank the Mighty Guillotine for coming on our podcast and uh, telling us about their new record. So make sure you go out and get that and get your mind just fucking scraped off the ceiling after you hear it. So 
Thanks so much for those cats, and, and we'll have an episode coming right at you next week. So stay switched on, and we'll talk to you soon.